Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. MLBC is led by Pastor Dennis Fountain and exists to help real people going through real life experience real change through our incredible God. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we'd love to hear how God used it in your life. Well, the book of Luke is where we're at. We've been uh, in a series, Encountering Christ, as we really just look at uh, the possibilities of a life with Jesus. And uh, we have learned a lot through this, and I know that, uh, man, the Lord has helped me and challenged me, and I hope that, uh, that you have been helped. I hope that you've been challenged. If you've been with us in our series, we know uh, that the life of Jesus is an, an incredible narrative to follow. Uh, Jesus came to this earth. Uh, as God's son, as the promised Messiah. He lived an entirely perfect life. And he did this in order to prove that he is God, to prove that he can be trusted. And then, of course, at the end of his life, he was crucified, giving his life. The Bible says that no man took his life, but he laid it down of his own accord, his own free will. He gave his life and he died on the cross for you and for me. And then three days later, he rose again from the dead to prove that he is God, to prove that he can be trusted. But the narrative of his, of his life, the story of his life is written so that we could know that we have a God that we can trust. And that's the lesson kind of that we've been looking at over the course of the last few weeks. Uh, The fact of the matter that we have a savior that we can trust, even when, this is a thought that stands out to my mind from last week, even when things don't turn out the way we thought they were going to, we can still trust God. And aren't you thankful today that when things seem out of your control, they're always in his control? And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that as I go through the tumultuous times of my life and as I have my doubts and my fears, uh, that my doubts and my fears can be put to rest because I have a God that I can trust. And I have a God that I can lean into and a God that speaks into my life and a God that desires that you and I on a daily basis would learn that we truly can trust him. As we get started this morning, I just want to ask you a question. Have you ever been presented with a decision that you really had to stop and weigh out the pros, the cons, the good, the bad? A decision that was what we would call like a major decision. I'm not talking about where you're going to eat lunch today. All right, that's solved. Michael's Bistro or Tsunami Sushi. Okay, those are the two choices. Like, you just narrow it down. Uh, no, I'm not talking about small things as like what you're going to wear tomorrow or, or maybe what you're gonna do on Wednesday of this week. I'm talking about a major decision. Like, have you ever had a decision that you just, you look at it and you're like, listen, if I do this, it could turn out really, really good or it could turn out really, really bad. Like, if you're married, you've made that decision. Because when you asked your spouse to marry you, it was like, this could be really, really good. Or it could be really, really bad. And hopefully it's worked out well for you, all right? I hope that that's the case this morning. But have you ever, been, have you ever had a decision that you've had to make that you had to weigh out the consequences of the good and the bad? It's like when you were a kid and your mom came in and she said, now listen, I'm leaving for a few hours. When I get back, I expect the basement to be clean or your room to be clean. In that moment, you had a decision. Do I say yes to mom? Do I say yes to dad giving me this instruction? Or do I say no? The yes might bring something really good, 
the no is guaranteed in my home when we were growing up to bring something bad. <laughs> now, I'm not going to accuse my mom of abuse this morning because she's here, but I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. You know what? In life, you have big decisions that you really wonder. You wonder this, what could happen if I say yes to this? A few years ago, we were presented with a decision. Of course, I think about Robbie and the church plant. That's a big decision for them to go start a church. Do we say yes to this or no? For us, it was starting Moses Lake Baptist over 13 years ago and what God did in our life. But I remember just a few years ago, Hannah and I were facing a decision. Of course, many of you know that Hannah is an extremely gifted artist and she's done art for a long time. But I remember about five years ago, we were sitting in our house and Hannah was like, hey, hey babe, I, I, think, I, wanna, I think I wanna do something with my art. And in my mind, I'm like, well, it's about time, you know, you can help our family be filthy rich by, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I remember just like thinking, man, I, I told her, Hannah, you're so talented. You could do something with this. And so we sat back and, and she had to kind of figure out, am I going to start a business? Man, that's a big venture. That's a big step. I mean, we still have the kids. We're still, of course, pastoring the church. What, should we do this or should we not? And man, if you've ever been in that place, you remember the people that you would like seek counsel from? Because I'll tell you this, and I've told people this, and I regret it. You know what you should do? You have a big decision to make? Get a piece of paper. On one side, write out all the pros. On the other side, write out all the cons. How many of you have been told that before? I'm not going to ask who's told that before because you probably told it to somebody. And if you're like us, you get the side of pros and the side of cons. And then you're like, now what? This doesn't help me at all. This just helps me see the ways that I could totally fail or the ways that we could totally succeed in this. You know what you're trying to do when you are presented this big decision to make? You're trying to discern what will the repercussions be? What are the goods? What are the bads? In your Christian life, if you've trusted Christ as Savior, then you know that a life, listen, a life of following Jesus, it is made up of a lot of small decisions. Just one step at a time. The, the Christian journey, it's, a, it's steps of just following the, listen, it's steps of just saying yes to the Lord one step at a time. But if we'd be honest this morning, Saying yes to God is easier said than done. Saying yes to a faith step that God asks you to take, it's easy to speak about it, but it's hard to do. I mean, think about it this way. In your Christian life, if you know Jesus as your savior and God asks you to take steps of faith, I mean, what do those faith steps look like? Well, it looks like maybe telling somebody about the Lord and witnessing to somebody or inviting somebody to be your guest at friend day. Hey, that's a big step. It, maybe it looks like giving towards a church plant. Maybe it looks like forgiving somebody who you really don't wanna forgive, but God's like, hey, offer forgiveness. And you're thinking, I don't wanna offer forgiveness, but God is saying, no, offer forgiveness. That is a faith step that you and I have to choose to, to take. That journey begins with the faith step of saying, yes, I believe in God. 
And if you're here this morning and you've never put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, can I tell you this morning that the gospel that I just walked through a minute ago about his death, his burial, and his resurrection, if you've never chosen to receive Jesus into your life, your faith journey starts by saying, yes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, I receive him into my life. You, you don't get to heaven by being baptized. You don't get a relationship with God by going to church. You don't get a relationship with God by being a good person. No, you have to say yes. The Bible says, confess with your mouth that you believe in your heart that Jesus is who he said he was and that he rose from the dead. You have to make that decision between you and God. But that takes you saying yes. As we come into our passage this morning, we are going to come across two stories. One of them will be very familiar to you. If you've been in church for any length of time, this one of the stories, it will stand out in your mind. The other story may not be so, uh, so well known, but from both of these stories, here's what we're going to learn today. The question or the title of the message is simply this, what could happen? Well, what could happen? What do you mean, pastor? What could happen in your life if you said yes to God in the faith step that God is asking you to take? What could happen in your life? What are the possibilities? We're gonna see this today from Luke chapter nine. And so I want you, if you would, to stand with me if you're able. We're just gonna read this. Luke chapter nine. <clears throat> And I'm gonna begin reading in verse number one. You can read on your Bible or you can look to the uh, screens and see the verses as well. Luke chapter nine and verse number one, here's what we, we, we find. Then he, Jesus, he called his 12 disciples. Now pause, remember, when we read disciples, there were more than the 12. So whenever uh, a writer delineates to say the 12, we know that's the 12 apostles, it's those 12 closest followers of Jesus. So he's called these 12 unto him. And what takes place? Well, he gave them power and he gave them authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, take nothing for your journey, neither staves nor scrip, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats of peace. Don't take any changes of clothes. And whatsoever house you enter into, there abide or stay for a while and then depart. And whoever will not receive you, when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. And they, the 12, they departed. And they went through the towns preaching and preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now, Herod, the Tetrarch, he's the king, the ruler, he heard of all that was done by him, by Jesus, and the impact of the 12. And he was perplexed. He's confused. Because it was said of some that John, John the Baptist, Herod had John the Baptist killed. It was said of some that John was risen from the dead. So Jesus is John reincarnate. That's what some people were saying. Others said that it was Elias that had appeared. And of others, it was said that it was one of the old prophets that was risen again. So Herod said, well, John, have I beheaded? I've killed John. So who is this of whom I hear such things? And Herod desired to see Jesus. And the apostles, when they were returned, they told him all that they had done. And he, Jesus, took them, went aside privately into a desert place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. 
And the people, when they knew it, when they knew Jesus was around there, they followed him and he, Jesus, received them and spake unto them of the kingdom of God. And he healed them that had need of healing. And when the day began to wear away, then came the 12 and said unto him, send the multitudes away that they may go into the towns and country round about and lodge and get victuals or get some food. For we are here in a desert place. But Jesus said to them, well, give ye them to eat. And the disciples replied, we have no, nothing but five loaves and two fishes, except that we should go and buy meat for all this people. For they, the people were about 5,000 men. And he said unto his disciples, well, make them sit down by fifties in a company. And they did so. They made all the people sit down. And he took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven, he blessed them and break and gave to the disciples to set before the multitude. And they did eat and were all filled. And there was taken up of fragments that remained to them 12 baskets. The question today, what could happen in your life if you say yes to God? The simple truth is this, every single one of us, each and every day, each and every week, God is going to ask you to take steps in following him. It may look, everybody's steps are different at different paces at a different time. But if you know Jesus as your savior, he is going to ask you to take steps in following him. So the ultimate question we're gonna answer today is what could happen? What could happen? if you and I say yes to him in those areas. Let's pray and then we'll get right into the word of God today with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Would you take just a minute and in the quietness of your own heart, would you pray and ask God to speak to you? You can pray something simple. Dear God, please speak to me today. And then just commit to the Lord. God, if you speak to me, I'm listening to you today. And I want to respond to you today. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. I pray right now, God, that you would use this uh, challenge, this message, use your word to speak into each of our hearts. Lord, I pray that you'd help each individual that is here in person, those that are with us online. Father, that today we would know that we've heard from you and been challenged by you. I pray, Lord, if there's someone here today that does not know that heaven is where they would spend eternity. Lord, they, they don't know that you are in their life. I pray that today they would say yes to receiving you. And God, give clarity of thought, direction, words, action. Lord, we pray that you'd be glorified through it all. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You go ahead and be seated. I wanna just do a th uh, something real quick just to get us all on the same page. Just wanna understand the story and what's taking place. Of course, in the earthly ministry of Jesus, we are probably 18 to 24 months in. We're a year and a half to two years in. Jesus has already had some great notoriety. He's already performed miracles. If you were with us last week, then we listened in as Jesus healed uh, Jairus's daughter, that little girl that was dead. Jesus rose her back to life. And then the woman with the issue of blood. And we read through that miracle that took place in the end of Luke chapter number eight. So his notoriety is spreading. People are knowing who he is. People are beginning to believe. People are beginning to follow. If you were to go and do a little life study, you would find that from Luke chapter 10, from Luke chapter 10, the rest of the ministry of Jesus, he is going to be pointing to the crucifixion, the cross. Now he does it in some roundabout ways and through teaching and things like that. But 
he's going to begin sharing with the apostles that he will be leaving. And remember one of the times he says, I'm gonna be leaving and Peter's like, no, we're going with you. And some of you might remember some of those stories and we'll get to some of that in our series to come. But in Luke chapter nine, what what I discover is Jesus preparing the apostles for when he's gonna be gone. So what does he do? Well, he calls them the 12 and he, he commissions them. Hey guys, listen. This is what we read in the first seven verses. Here's what I want you to do. I want you guys to go out and I'm gonna give you power. I'm gonna give you authority. I want you to go and preach the message. You're gonna have the power and authority to validate the message. Remember, those of you that were with us in our series through Corinthians, that the signs and wonders, the gift of healing was given to validate the message they would preach, right? Because they're there saying, hey, we are sent from God. And people would say, how do we believe you? And they would validate their message by performing a miracle or something like that. Now we have God's word to validate our message, all right? We have his scripture. So people would say, well, what gives you the right to say that? We would say, well, God said so. Here here it is in the Bible. So Jesus commissions them to go out to perform miracles to validate the message they're preaching. So they do it. They go out. We just read it, verse number six. They come back, they're excited, ecstatic about what took place, or verse number 11. But what you find is the king, Herod, the tetrarch, the governor of that area, he hears about it. He hears about Jesus and the notoriety of Christ, the fame is spreading, and so some curiosity comes. So that tells us again that Jesus' fame is spreading. And then it's, it's to the point that in verse 11, when the disciples return and they're uh, recalling all that took place and they separate and come to a, maybe a little area off the side of Bethsaida, that people hear they're there, and now a whole multitude comes. And what happens with that multitude? Well, Jesus stands up, he preaches, He heals, and it begins to be night. The sun is setting, and the apostles come to Jesus, and they say, send all the people home. Well, Jesus, maybe, why why would I send them home? They said, well, Lord, if you haven't noticed, there's no McDonald's drive-thru out here. There's no Taco Bell. We can't just, there's no food to eat. And Jesus just says to them, well, what do you have? All we have is five loaves and two fish. Now, for you and I, I mean, our American mindset, we think of a loaf of bread. You know, you think one of those big sourdough loaves or some of you are doing the sourdough home loaves, you know. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about salmon that you pull out of the Columbia. This is sardines and crackers. That's, that's what this is. It's sardines and crackers. Jesus says, what do you have? They say, sardines and crackers. He says, all right, split all the people up into groups of 50. Now, we read that there were 5,000. People would call this the feeding of the 5,000. It says that there were only 5,000 men. That's beside women and children. So this is probably 18 to 20,000 people. And Jesus says, divide them up into groups of 50 and sit them down. And then he takes that five loaves and two fishes that it's a a lunchable. That's what he takes. It's some some kid's lunchable. He takes this lunchable, He prays and he's like, all right, start distributing this. If you're there, what do you do? Man, I'd look at Jesus like he's crazy. I'm not saying that disrespectfully. I mean, really five loaves and two fish, like Jesus, what are you gonna do? But you know what they did? By faith, they said, yes. They distributed. All the people ate, all the people were filled and they had left over 12 baskets. 
That's a synopsis of the whole story. But you want to know what I find this morning? If we look and we were to discover what took place, which we're going to see, all of these things happened because there were a few people who were willing to say yes. So we're going to answer that question today. What could happen if you say yes? In order to do that, we first need to look at this question. The question is this, why is saying yes difficult? I don't know about you, but man, saying yes to the Lord, sometimes it's difficult. Why is it difficult? Well, I think first off today, it's difficult because when I say yes, it puts me out of my comfort zone. All right, let's, let's go for just a second. Now, remember, uh, when we talk about this often, uh, sometimes we're boring Bible readers. What do you mean, pastor? We just like read it and we just, just skim over it. We don't process, we don't think. Like, I, w- I don't wanna do that today. I want us to dive in. I want us to read this passage and think. So put yourself in the place of the apostles. You've already left family and friends to follow Jesus. You've already seen Jesus work and teach. You're not the, listen, they weren't learning, you know, they weren't really, really good at at, uh, winning friends and influencing people at this point. The apostles, they, they didn't have a lot going for them. And here's Jesus comes to you and says, hey, now it's your turn. You go out and do the miracles. You go out and teach. Question, what have they seen as a response of most people when Jesus would preach or do a miracle? Well, they see the Pharisees scrutinizing. They see the people mobbing. If I'm an apostle, I'm looking at that like, I don't know if I wanna do that. Like I'm fine being security for you, but I don't know if I wanna be the one that's doing this. What was Jesus asking them to do? Hey, step out of your comfort zone. You know, sometimes in your life and my life, the reason it's hard to say yes to God is because it's out of our comfort zone. I like comfort. Don't you like comfort? Man, some of you are already thinking, like, I can't wait to get home and change into my PJs and watch football and sit in a recliner. Why? It's comfortable. But you know what happens when we say yes to the Lord? Sometimes it puts us out of our comfort zone. It is not comfortable to step out and invite someone to a friend day. Now, now some of you'd say, oh, pastor, it's great. Yeah, but it's not comfortable. Why? Because what, what could they say? What if they say no? What if they read? It's not, it's not comfortable. Why is saying yes? Why is it difficult? Well, because it puts me out of my comfort zone. Why else? Well, because it causes me to be vulnerable. It causes me to be vulnerable. What do you mean by this? If you look at verse number uh, five, or excuse me, verse number three, Jesus said, when you go, take nothing for your journey. <laughs> And then he tells them, when you go, I want you to be totally dependent upon everybody else. So when you enter into a town, find somewhere to stay, find someone to feed you. And then, you know, if they don't, they don't receive you, just leave and go find somewhere else. You are totally, don't even take a change of clothes. Now, if you're, if you're like me, that's a problem. Now, if you're like 13 to 16, that might not be a problem for you. But if you're like me, that's a problem. Uh, I, listen, I want to take at least one pair of clothes. If I'm gone for two days, I'm taking three pairs of clothes and five pairs of shoes. That's Dennis. That's what I'm doing. You can ask my family. I pack more shoes on a trip than I do luggage. That's just me. But you know what they were told? They were told, I want you to go out 
And I want you to take thought. What is this? This is a point of vulnerability. Hey, I want you to be completely dependent upon others. When you say yes to God, do you know what you're saying yes to? Okay, God, I'll be completely dependent upon you. All right, God, I'll forgive. I don't wanna forgive this person, but you're asking me to, I'll do. Okay, God, I will give. Okay, God, I will speak up. Okay, God, I will, I will be that husband, that wife that I need to be. Okay, God, I will. What am I saying? God, I'm putting myself in a point of vulnerability. Why is it hard to say yes to God sometimes? Well, because it causes me to be vulnerable. Why else? Well, this third thought is because it will not always be appreciated and understood. What Jesus said to the apostles, he said, hey, listen, I want you to go out. I want you to preach, but there will be some that do not receive you. Oh, that's inviting. That's like Jeremiah. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. Here's what God told Jeremiah. Hey, Jeremiah, you're gonna preach and nobody's gonna listen to you. Well, that, that sounds like encouragement for a church planter. You know, what if I were to say, hey, Robbie, you're gonna go to LA. No one's gonna listen. They just, they're not gonna listen to you. Man, that would be a little discouraging. You know, here's what Jesus said. Hey guys, when you go out, listen, there will be people that receive you, but not everybody. Not everybody's gonna listen to you. They don't understand when you say yes. And in your life and my life, why is it difficult? Because there's sometimes you say yes to God and there's people around you that go, uh, are you sure about that? Hey, are you, are you sure about that step? Are you sure you wanna give that? Are you sure you wanna give up a Sunday and worship God? Are you sure you wanna... Man, it costs me something. Or excuse me, it will not always be appreciated, understood. Number four is sometimes we can't say yes because it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. Saying yes is difficult. Why? Because it doesn't make sense. Think about this boy and these fish and these loaves of bread. I mean, this sardine, this lunchable. Hey guys, uh, this, if you go and you recount the story, Andrew comes to Jesus and is like, hey, all we have is a Lunchable, a kid's lunch. And hey, we're willing to use it, but Jesus, what are we? And Jesus says, okay, make all the people sit down in groups of 50. Can you imagine the human rationale of like, what's he gonna do? Like, is he gonna, my thinking, like maybe he's gonna cut it all up. And when you take a bite, like one bite's gonna fill you up, you know, a little, a little taste, you know, a little dabble do you, you know, it's just that little, little toothpick that we, we get the appetizer size. But even then, like that's not gonna go to 5,000, 18,000 people. It just doesn't make sense. You know, most of the teaching with Jesus just doesn't make sense. I mean, think about it. The way up is down. Hey, to be known, be a servant. Hey, to receive, give. And it just doesn't make sense. You know, salvation by grace through faith doesn't make sense. I remember a few years ago, I had a couple that I was witnessing to in my office. It was after one of our uh, friend day. We had a big luncheon. It was right here in the church. We tore the whole thing down, ate lunch right after service. And then I took this couple. We were talking about the Lord. I said, well, let's go in my office and we can talk. And, and I shared the gospel with them. And they were both, I mean, uh, she was a very uh, astute lady. They're both good business people in our community. And, and I remember sharing the gospel with them and telling them that Jesus loved you and, and that he gave his life for you. And, and going to heaven is not about work and all of that that I shared. And, and I remember as I, I asked them, I said, now, do you wanna make the decision today to receive Jesus into your life? And I'll, I'll never forget as I sat there and asked that question as she looked at me and she said, Dennis, I wanna do that, but that, that just sounds too easy. 
That sounds too simple. Dennis, that doesn't make sense. And she said these words, it doesn't make sense that I wouldn't have to earn it somehow. Hey, isn't it just like Jesus to bring things into our life that don't make sense because salvation, where it all starts, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that you and I wouldn't have to earn salvation. Why is it difficult to say yes? Well, it's difficult sometimes because it doesn't make sense. And also it's difficult, lastly, because it will cost me something. It's gonna cost you something. It cost the disciples in this, in this passage, the apostles, it cost them a little bit of their reputation again to go out to Bethsaida and Capernaum and Magdala and going out to these cities around there and, and preaching the gospel. Man, it's gonna cost them a little bit. I think about this little boy on, on uh, the feeding of the 5,000, feeding of the 18,000, this little boy. that it, It's my lunch. I don't wanna give it away. How many of you, have, well, looking around, if you were a teenager or if you have teenagers, you know. Young people and teens don't want to give away food. Many of you know Dennis over here, our oldest, and broke his leg. And I, you, you can call him Hopalong with me and uh, call Dennis Hopalong. But man, broke his leg three weeks ago. If you want to see the x-ray picture, I got it. He's got some, this uh, seven-inch plate, eight-inch plate in his leg, 10 screws. Uh, he is just partly, uh, he's, he's part Cyclops now, um, but I remember when Dennis first got hurt, uh, some people were bringing some things by and Miss Samantha brought by some boxes of cereal. Uh, we love cereal in our house. I use cereal as an illustration probably about once a month. Well, we got this cereal, Captain Crunch cereal. The other two kids were at school. You know what Dennis did? He's like, dad, put my name on them. He's like, put your name on them. He's like, yeah, put my name on them. I said, why? And he was like, because the other two are not getting any of my cereal. He was like, I will beat them with my crutch. And I was like, I, I just looked at him. I said, Dennis, really? You know, in that dad voice, like, really? And he went, fine. They can have one bowl, one. They can have one bowl, small bowl, not a big bowl, one bowl. And I was like, okay, yesterday, Yesterday, this is three weeks ago. Yesterday, I got a bowl. I poured cereal in it. I sat down on the living room couch and Dennis looked over and he goes, is that a bowl of cereal? I said, yeah. He went, hey, 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 hey. And I went, don't worry, it's not yours. And he was like, oh, well, since you're my dad, you could, you could have a bowl too. Now I pick on him and tease him this morning, but I'm that way with my cereal. I don't, you're not eating my cereal. You know what? We, we don't live in a culture that is always about giving. And so one of the reasons, hey, one of the reasons it's hard to say yes to God sometimes is because it's gonna cost us something. It, it might cost us something. We don't know what, but it will cost you something. That little boy didn't wanna give away his food perhaps, but you know what he did? He said yes, and he gave it. We answer our first question today, why is saying yes difficult? I'm gonna give you this though, the, the opposite side of that. Why is saying yes to God easy? I mean, let's talk about why is it easy to say yes to God? Well, I see first off today, it's easy to say yes to God because it's supported by his power and his authority. What do you mean? Well, the apostles, this wasn't Jesus like, hey guys, listen, I got an idea. I got this crazy thing going on. You guys need to go out and, and listen, I, I hope you guys have enough power and ability in yourself to heal people. Jesus didn't do that. The Bible says that he called them to himself. 
And then he directed them from him. So he called them and said, here's my power and here's my authority. And then verse two, and he sent them out. He sent them to, what does that mean? He was behind them. He was backing them. Hey, the fact of the matter is this, and you and I can mark it down. It is easy to say yes to God whenever he asks me to take a step of faith. Why? Because he's the one that's gonna do it. Hey, God, God's not gonna say, all right, now I'm expecting big things from you. And God doesn't do that. Why? He knows we're frail. God knows we're weak and he knows that in our weakness, he is made strong. It's like what Paul said in Galatians chapter two and verse number 20, you know the verse when Paul said this, I am crucified with Christ. My, my life is gone with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Isn't that what he says? But Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What was Paul saying? Hey, listen, I am serving him, but it's not me doing it. It is his authority, his authority and his power. Hey, if God has asked you to take that step and forgive, take that step and tell somebody about the Lord, to take that step and, and give it an offering, to take that step and be a part of something bigger than you, take that step and read the word, take that step and be more faithful, whatever it is, if God has asked you to do it, it's easy to say yes. Why? Because he's behind it. Why else is it easy to say yes? Well, because it fulfills his plan. Hey, God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And when you say yes, you're saying, God, I want to be a part of your plan. You ever plan something and just messed it up? Man, I can't stand that. Like when we, you can ask my family, ask Hannah and the kids, like when we go on vacations and things don't go the way I plan, like I, became, I, I become a grumpy person. It's like, why are we on vacation with you? You're just grumpy. And I'm like, because it didn't go the way I planned it. Hey, you know what? My plans, your plans, they fail. God's plans never fail. His plan, his purposes do not fail in your life. So when you say yes, it's easy sometimes. Why? Because we know I can fulfill God's plan in my life. This is what Paul meant when he said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 20, you're bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Hey, the plan is to glorify God. And when you say yes, you fulfill that plan. Whatever that decision is, when you say yes, it fulfills his plan. What else does it do? Well, it spreads his name. Hey, in the story, the disciples, the apostles, they said yes. And what happened? People heard all the way up to the ruler, Herod, the Tetrarch. And now he's curious, wondering what's going on? Who is this man? Is he, is he really a prophet reincarnate? I mean, is this guy really John the Baptist? I killed him. It can't be him. What, what's going on? And then the people, they find out that Jesus is near Bethsaida and thousands of them come out. Hey, what happened? Well, Jesus commissioned the apostles they said yes, and it spread his name. Hey, you know what? When you say yes, when I say yes, it's easy sometimes. Why? Because it just keeps spreading the name of Jesus. Why else could it be easy to say yes to God? Well, because it continues his work. Yes, it spreads his name, but it continues the work that Jesus is doing. You see, one thing that we need to recognize, and we see this all throughout scripture, we need to know that God is always working behind the scenes. Even now, right now, I want you to think about a prayer request that you've had with God over the course of the last few months 
a prayer request that you've had that you think God is not there. Think about that prayer request, all right? You got it? Maybe it's a health concern. Maybe it's a finance concern. Maybe it's some doubts or frustration. Think about that. All right, now, that's discouraging. You're thinking about that request. Here's what I'm gonna tell you about that request. Even though you don't know what God is doing, God is working right now on that request behind the scenes. Now, it may not turn out the way you are asking, but it will turn out the best way. What's it do? It just continues his work when I say yes. This is what Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter four and verse number 16, when he said, take heed unto thyself and under the doctrine, continue in them for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Here's what, here's what Paul was saying to, uh, to Timothy. He was helping him understand that when you say yes, when you continue in the things that you've been given, it will affect you, but also it will impact those around you. Hey, it's going to be something that will continue the work of Christ and continue his plan with others. I think also today that it's easy to say yes because it brings meaning to the small. It brings meaning to the small. If you look at the story, I just wanna point out the fact, I wanna think specifically about the feeding of the thousands. Here's this little boy. Here's his little lunch, his lunchable, his sardines and crackers. Do you think that little boy was like, man, if I give this, I bet you I'm gonna have a bunch left over. I don't think that. I think this little boy just hadn't, he'd heard Jesus needs it. And so he was like, okay, all right, I'll give it. And now here we are over 2,000 years later reading a story about a little boy's Lunchable. (laughs) Hey, here's somebody who's insignificant that God says, I'm gonna make that significant. You know, you and I in our life, we, we at times feel small and insignificant, but when we partner with God, it gives meaning to the small and the insignificant. So let's close today by answering this question. What could happen? All right, what could happen if you say yes? We know, what, we know why saying yes is difficult. We know why it is easy. So what could happen if you say yes? Notice these thoughts with me and we're done. Number one, you could impact others towards Jesus. We already saw it where these guys go out and people are seeing and hearing, hey, God used the apostles to impact others toward Christ. And here's what took place in Luke 9, 11, that the people, when they knew where Jesus was, they followed him. It is of significance that Luke would put that in there after verse one through 10. Hey, the apostles stepped out by faith. Jesus's name spread. And here's what happened. Other people came to know Jesus because of the decision, the faith decision of the apostles. You know what I can tell you right now? Robbie's here today. This is a great example. Robbie's going to LA. Here's what I can tell you right now. That two years from now, there will be people in Hawthorne, California that know Jesus Christ because of the Yap family taking a step of faith. It's just, that's what's gonna happen. Why? Because we have a God who does big things. 13 years ago, we took a step of faith to start Moses Lake Baptist Church. And 13 years later, there are people in Moses Lake that know Jesus. Why? Because of a step of faith. You see, you never know what decision you make, how it will impact others 
toward Christ. It reminds me of 2 Chronicles 16, 9, where it says that the Lord, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Hey, God is just looking for people that he could use to impact the lives of others because you said yes. What could happen? You could impact others toward Christ, number two. You could experience the presence of God working in and through you. Hey, you know what? In your life and in my life, the presence of God, man, the presence of God is what our heart desires. And when you say yes to God, you know what God does? God brings God moments for you to step back and say, wow, that was incredible. If you look at Luke chapter nine and verse number 10, in the English, we read this, that the apostles, when they were returned, they told him all that they had done. Now, uh, Brian, Pastor Brian and I were talking about this the other day. Um, man, in the Greek, there's so much emotion in a Greek language. I mean, most other languages, like English, we don't have a lot of emotion in how we speak. You know, we could say like, I love my wife, but I'd also say I love cereal. Now, do you think my love for cereal and my love for my wife is different? Okay, I hope you think that. Yes, it is, all right? It's, it's different. Man, in other languages, there's a lot of emotion wrapped up. So when we read these words that they were returned, they told him all that they had done. Here is literally what it means. It means that when they returned, they fully declared unto Jesus the many great things that God had done. Now that's a bigger statement, isn't it? Man, now they get back and they begin to fully, they begin to completely recount, man, this is what happened. And I can see Thomas like there going, man, Jesus, I came into a town. I was there near Magdala. And as I went in, man, there was this blind man and I was preaching, but the blind guy was there. And I, I just said in the name of Jesus, see, and he saw. And Peter's like, oh man, listen, I, let me tell you, I was by the city of Jaffa. And as I was there, I remember when, and, and they just begin to recount the stories of the miracle. You know what they're saying? They're not saying, hey, look at me. They're going, man, God did this. Have you ever had a God moment? It was a conversation maybe when you were speaking to somebody about the Lord and, and you're like, I don't know what to say. And then you left the conversation and you're like, wow, I actually sounded like smart. That, I, don't, I don't even normally have that verse in my mind, but man, that was a God moment. Or you have times when you're in conversation with somebody and you're like, man, I just knew exactly what to say, exactly what they needed. Or some other time when you're like, I just didn't want to forgive that person. But when I chose to forgive them, it was like the peace of God came over my life and said, this is the right thing. What are we doing? We're experiencing the power of God in that moment. What could happen if you say yes? Number three, you could see God work a miracle. Hey, I don't know what the miracle is, but I know that when you say yes, God is still in the miracle working business. Hey, and the same God that turned uh, some uh, a kid's lunchable into thousands being fed, that's the same God that you serve today. What could that miracle be? Well, you know what? This week you could tell somebody about friend day and maybe they don't come next week. But in two years, they go to their nightstand and they pull out an old invitation and they look at it and they go, huh, why does Jesus matter? And they read the back of this and then they, in their own bedroom, they pray and receive Christ as Savior. Could that happen? Yeah. Why? Because it's him working through you, not you and I making the miracle happen. Man, you see, God could work a miracle. You know what God didn't do? God didn't say, all right, bud, hey, you got, that, got those sardines? All right, I want you to make that go. Make that work. 
God doesn't ask you and I to do the miracle. God asks us to give what we have. I just wanna say this thought. God will never ask you for something that you do not have. God's not gonna ask you for miracle working power. God's not gonna ask you to transform a Lunchable into thousands being fed. God's not gonna ask you to make somebody receive Jesus. God's not gonna ask you to make somebody treat you kind. God's not gonna ask you to do that. Here's what God's gonna ask you to do. Just say yes in the small things. Hey, can I have your Lunchable? Yep, God, here's my Lunchable. It's small, but God, here you go. And lastly today is this, that when you and I say yes, what could happen? Well, you could experience more than you could imagine. You could experience more than you can imagine. Those disciples came back. God, look at what happened. That little boy. I just want you to picture the little boy for just a second. He gave his Lunchable afterwards. I mean, it's, you know, it says that the sun was beginning to set, the nightfall. So I picture this little boy. Just picture it with me. A little boy just laying there, looking up at the stars. You know, his hands are behind his head. He's just kind of relaxed. After everybody's been fed, Andrew comes back over and says, hey, hey, bud, come here. Uh, Jesus wants to talk to you. Oh, okay. He gets up. He walks over to Jesus. Hey, yes, yes, sir. And Jesus says, hey, bud, you, uh, you remember giving me your Lunchable a few hours ago? Oh, yeah, man, that was so awesome. That was so cool. Hey, um, <clears throat> we got some leftovers. You think we've got 12 baskets of leftover Lunchables. <laughs> you think your mom could use these? That little boy. I can take that. They say, pastor, did that happen? I don't know. But the Bible says in verse 17, there were 12 baskets left over. Some would say, oh, it's just one for each of the apostles. I'd like to think that that little boy probably took home some leftovers. (laughs) What, What did God do? God did more than he could imagine. You mark it down in your life. Whenever you say yes to God, I promise you, God will do more than you can imagine. You say, well, pastor, I can imagine some big things, not bigger than God. God is in the miracle working business and he will always go above and beyond than we could ever ask or think. Well, pastor, saying yes, it's difficult at times. You're right. Well, it's easy at times too, yep. But we close today just with this thought that saying yes to the Lord, it is completely worth it. Hey, when you say yes to God, you are not saying yes to some unknown future. When you say yes to forgive, to give, to witness, to, to uh, take that step of, of, uh, of faith and being a, a responsible husband of faithfulness and serving, whatever it is, when you take that step, you're not saying yes to the unknown. You're saying yes to your unknown, but you're saying yes to what God already knows. So what could happen? I don't know what could happen, but I know that saying yes is completely worth it. So here's my question for you today as we close everything out. What has God been asking you to do? You haven't been saying yes. Maybe for some of you, God's been asking you to present Christ to someone, invite somebody to friend day. Say yes, it's worth it. Maybe it's to humble your heart be that parent in the home. Maybe it's to ask for forgiveness from that person. Maybe it's to give to some special need or to serve in a ministry or to trust in that situation. What area is it that God has been asking that you've been saying, I don't know if I can. 
Today, I'd encourage you to say yes, why it's worth it.